Welcome to the True North Podcast. This podcast is about navigating through today's culture in the direction that lands at the heart of God. Let's go! Young 34-year-old pastor starting a new job. And um, come Thursday, and it's it's very physical. I was telling Kelsey, I was like, I don't think it was Kelsey, maybe it was somebody else. I don't think I've had this physical of a job since Young Touchstone, and that was years ago. That was years ago. And um, uh, come this past Thursday morning, I was feeling it. I was not feeling it. That alarm clock rolled over at 4 o'clock. I just stared at the ceiling. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I want to go back to I want to go back to delivering the mail. I want to go back riding in the truck. I want to go back to my my you know talking to the chickens and the cows and you know all those little farm animals and all that. I was like, Lord, I don't want to do this. And I got up because I, I didn't want to be late. Got up, went to the bathroom. There was the water on my face. Stared at myself in the mirror. I'm like you could do it. You got it. You could do it. As I'm walking back to uh, the closet to get my clothes, I'm like. You ain't, you can't do this. You ain't got it. You ain't got it. So I just sat there and I was like, Lord, and I just began to, I, I was trying to, I was trying to uh, pray. And finally, I, in the midst of, in the middle of my prayer, I was like, Lord, I just don't want to do this. I said, Lord, my body is tired. I said, I want, I said, I want to stay home. I want to eat bacon. I want to, I mean, I was going through all, I want to drink coffee. I was like, Lord, I want to take the boys to school. I want to walk Cohen down to his little room. I want all his little friends to see that he's got a strong daddy. So if they mess with him, they're going to get the daddy. And not the, Lord, I'm listening to all these things. And the Lord told me, he told me this, and I even posted it. But he said, Lindsay, what you are going through does not have the capacity to break you. Amen. Therefore, you was built for this and more. And when I was getting ready for it today, the Lord told me to remind, not only for me, but for every person in this room and those that are listening on the podcast, what you are going through does not have the capacity to break you. Therefore, you are built for this and more. What you're facing, I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what people have said about you. I don't know what last week was like. I don't know what the last two weeks were like. And I don't know what the next two weeks are going to be like. I don't know what season is you're about to walk through. But what I do know is what you're about to enter and what you're going through, it does not have the capacity to break you. Therefore, you were built for this moment and more. Yes. You were built for this moment and more. See, we, a lot of times we stop with, I was built for this. Yes, you were built for this, but also you were built for more. Amen. Amen. The devil loves to give the appearance of how everything you're going through, it has the capacity to break you. It is overwhelming you. But guess what? In the, in the spirit realm, when it looks like you're being surrounded by all that you're being surrounded in the spirit realm, when it looks like I'm surrounded, guess what? In the real, in the in the realness realm, see we see we think this is the realm. This is the real. We we can see it, we can feel it, we can touch it, we can taste it. But when you're following Jesus, we have this understanding. No, the unseen realm. That's that's what's really real. And if we can if we can if we can peek into the spiritual realm and see that, guess what? You are surrounded by all of heaven. You are surrounded by all of heaven. The book of Hebrews even talks about how all the great cloud of witnesses, how they are cheering you on. 
cheering, you're anticipating, standing at the edge of the rafters. I like to think about it as a coliseum, and it's just full of all the greats, full of the Davids, full of the Benaiahs. That's a deep cut right there. Full of the Benaiahs, full of Moses, full of Samuel, full of Joshua, full of all the prophets, all the ones that trusted God, even in the 400-year drought, all the ones that trusted God are standing at the edge cheering you on. What you are going through does not have the capacity to break you. It doesn't have the capacity to break you. It may feel like it sometimes, but it does not. It does not have the capacity to break you. You were built for this and more. Somebody say and more. And in that moment, I, I began to get fired up. And the Holy Spirit reminded me of one simple truth, one simple truth, and then we'll talk about it today. But he said, Lindsay, Jesus is your captain. Jesus is your captain. And, buddy, I come, I, I kicked the basket of clothes coming out that closet. I was like, let's go, let's go read some meters. <laughs> and, as, and as the sun was pouring, I'm like, oh, my so hot I'm like nope this this ain't break me this can't break me it's a little heat it's a little sweat it ain't gonna break me and and a couple hours later I'm sitting in the truck I'm like oh snap we Lord we made it through it you was right you was right Jesus you made it through it amen I made it through it but Jesus is my captain somebody say Jesus is my captain captain. and Luke chapter 8 we're gonna be in verses 22 through 25 gonna read it I'm going to read it in the uh, Passion Translation, and then I'm going to read it in the Mirror uh, Study Bible. But in the Passion Translation, Luke chapter 8, like I said, if you don't have it, we'll put it on the screen for you. It's a very popular story, um, but it says this. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let's get in a boat. So understand, this is Jesus' idea, okay? He said, let's get in a boat and go across to the other side of the lake. So they set sail. Soon Jesus fell asleep. The wind rose and the fierce wind became a violent squall that threatened to swamp their boat. Verse 24, so the disciples woke Jesus up and said, Master, Master, we're sinking. Don't you care that we're going to drown? With great authority, Jesus rebuked the howling wind and surging waves, and instantly they stopped and became as smooth as glass. Then Jesus said to them, why are you fearful? Have you lost your faith in me? Shocked and shaken, they said with amazement to one another, who is this man who has authority over winds and waves that they obey him? You know, if it was the if it was the Lindsay Melton translation, that last verse right there, when it says, when it says they were shocked and, and in amazement, and they said, who is this man? You know, if it was the Lindsay Melton translation, the LMT, the Lindsay Melton translation, it would be like, they were shocked in amazement. Mama, there go that man. <laughs> there go that man. Disciple, there go that man. I, I don't know, but that's, that's, that's how I read it. When I read it, they were in shock and amazement. They're like, Who is this man that even the winds and waves obey him? Amen. Amen. One of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite Christian artists, he he even says it this way. He says, you know, Jesus, the undisputed, undefeated heavyweight champion of the world, winds and waves wait when he says weather wait. I love that. But who is this man that even the winds and waves obey him? Amen. Amen. He is our captain. He is our captain. I love that because in the in the mirror study Bible, I'm just going to read those those uh, those few verses twenty through to twenty two through twenty five, and uh, 
actually 22 through 24. But it says this, on a certain day, he suggested to his disciples that they cross the lake by boat, which I said again, Jesus' idea to, Jesus' idea to be out there on the water. While sailing, he fell into a deep sleep. Suddenly, a massive storm broke upon them, and their raging waves were surging dangerously over the boat and filling it with water. Listen to verse 24. They awoke with him, they awoke him, awoke him with urgent cries, and they said, Captain, Captain, we are drowning. And he rose up to face the storm and ordered the wind and waves to be quiet, and immediately there was a great calm. I love that because the, 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 the group that put the Mere Study Bible together, they, they, they uh, had the disciples referring to him or identifying him as captain. Amen. Amen. So I only, want, I only have three points. Just want to point out three things within this passage of Scripture. Number one, when they saw danger, they went and got the captain. When they, at least when they saw danger, they went and got the captain. If we are going to follow Jesus with all of our heart, when you see danger, you have to go to the right captain. You have to make sure that you're not you're not putting your your flesh and your insecurities or your traditions or what you think you what you think, you know, make sure that you are not putting yourself in the captain seat. I remember years ago, there was that Tom Hanks movie that came out, you know, uh, where he was on, you know, the ship got taken over and it was, you know, this one scene in the movie, it like broke the internet, you know, where the guys take over the ship and, you know, they take over the ship and they're like, they got the guns, like, I'm the captain now. And, you know, broke the internet. Everybody would be like, you know, whenever they got to take over something that you see that video clip, just that one where I'm the captain now, you know. But when, when, when the winds away, when the storms came, Instead of them, because you got to think, the most of the disciples were fishermen. So they, it wasn't their first time being out there on the water. Amen. They weren't like me. First off, I wouldn't have been out there on the boat. I would have been the one disciple recording all this from the shore. Like, standing by, oh, okay, hey, 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 y'all, it's getting a little dark out there. Y'all come on back. Y'all come on back. All right, I'm going to wait for y'all right here. Like, y'all, you know. The, so they were familiar with the winds and the waves. But even though they were familiar with it, it was still scary. It was still unsettling. It was still troubling. But at the end of the day, they at least, they at least went to the right captain. Can we say the same about us? Are we going to the right captain? Or are we going to social media? Or are we going to the right captain? Or are we going to somebody on this side of heaven? And there's nothing wrong with, with pursuing friends. There's nothing wrong with uh, going to individuals and, and telling all these different things. But, you know, I've heard it growing up. I've heard it. You have to be careful who you talk to. Amen. You have to be careful who you talk to. Because not everybody has your best interests at heart. Let me better say it this way. Not everybody has your spirit man as their first priority. Not everybody's concerned about what your spirit man's going to be like. Uh, it, you know, hey, I, I hear all that you're complaining about, but what about your spirit man? Is your spirit man being fed in this scenario? Not everybody is concerned or considering your spiritual self, your spiritual health. Amen? Amen. But at least they went to the right captain. Point number two, they saw Jesus as the captain. They saw Jesus as the captain. Now, why is this important? The reason it's important because you have to understand what is a captain. If we're if we're staying in the nautical you know nautical realm, you know a, a captain or of a, of a ship, it, he or she is responsible for the overall operation and management of a ship. The captain is the one that's responsible for everything that goes on on the ship. The buck stops with the captain. The captain is the boss. 
You know, as we've said it before, you know, the boss balls. You know, the captain is the boss. But watch this. You know, captains, they are responsible. Watch this for making crucial decisions regarding route planning, weather conditions, and safety protocols. That means a captain has to make the hard decisions. The captain will take all the factors in the route, all the factors, and then route the ship the best possible way. The, the captain, he'll, he'll look at the weather patterns. He'll look at the, is it a high tide or, or low tide? He'll, he'll look at all the different elements. And, and then he'll, 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 you know, we would always say, like, you know, calculate all that up. And then give out the best route possible for them to get to the destination the safest and most efficient way. Amen. See, the Father, Son, and Spirit, they know what you need before you even know it. They know what you truly need. They know what you need. They know how you need to get it. And they know how to give it to you in order for you to best respond to it appropriately. Amen. God knows the paths that you should be navigating and trekking. And he considers every angle. He's dotted every I and he's stretched on the right T in order to get what you need. Amen. Oh, that's a bar. He has dotted every I and stretched on the right T. Y'all might get it tomorrow in order for you to get what you need. Amen. He is the captain. He considers everything. You know, um, you know, if you've ever, if you, I, I was never good at anatomy class in school because I didn't like, I didn't like looking at blood. Just the sight of blood, it just grossed me out. And, and for some reason, I had my anatomy class was always before lunch. So I couldn't watch the stuff. Otherwise, I didn't have an appetite. But I do remember just I do remember getting overwhelmed in anatomy class because there the if you've ever looked at the human body, if you've ever just taken, you know, one one organ in the human body, it's so complex. The the human mind, the human brain, it's so complex, all the different things that it can do. All the different things, the jobs that it, that it produces within our body, how, how it regulates our temperature, how it regulates our heartbeat, how it regulates how much blood goes in and how much blood is distributed, how it regulates the amount of oxygen you need. And if you get too much oxygen, how it counterbalances the amount of carbon dioxide that's, I mean, it's so complex. There's so, there's so, there's so much detail within it. And you know who made that? Not man. Not our best friends, not our peers, not the ones that we consider to be the know-alls, not the Bill Gateses of the world, but it was Jesus that created that. Yes. Now, I know this because as a captain, a captain's job is to consider every detail. Now, I don't know what season you may be trekking through. I don't know what the winds and waves look like in your life. I don't know what the waters look like in your life. But Jesus, as the captain, he knows the type of path that it takes for you to get into where you are supposed to be. He considers it. He considers the rumors that people said about you. He considers all the lies that people have said about you. He considers your insecurities. He, he knows he's aware of your mistakes. He's aware of all these different things. And guess what? It doesn't hinder him. It doesn't bother him. But he, the reason he, he's aware of these things, not because he's keeping a tally sheet, not because he's going to be like, I told you so. Remember when you went da-da-da-da and now look at you. No, he's can, he, keeps, he knows these different things. That way he, he can factor them in and be like, okay, they, they may have struggled here, so therefore we're going to divert this path this way in order to avoid the type of fruit that comes from this mistake or in order to avoid the type of fruit that comes from that mistake. He knows how to trek and navigate you on the right path 
through every diagnosis, he knows how to navigate you through the right path. Amen? Amen. Watch this. The captain also manages the crew, including assigning duties or supervising operations or ensuring adherence to standard operating procedures. In addition, ship captains, they handle administrative tasks such as maintaining records or managing budgets and coordinating with, with port officials for docking and cargo operations. The leadership expertise and ability to handle emergencies of unforeseen situations. I love that one. A captain has the ability to handle unforeseen situations. Situations. I'm going to say that one more time. A captain has the ability, let that, let that sink in, to, to handle unforeseen circumstances. Amen? Amen? And critical, ensuring smooth and safe operation of the ship. Therefore, when Captain Jesus says, no, it's not out of meanness, but it's out of love. When Captain Jesus tells us, no, it's not out of meanness, it's out of love. It's out of, hey, hey, I, I know what you desire. And we all have those desires. We all have those, when I get the lotto, when I win it. You can ask my boys, when they hit that cash three and cash four. Lord, Lordy Day, after, Will of, after in between the news and Will of Fortune, the, you know, they do the cash three and cash four. And the boys, even Cohen's into it now. I, they just see bouncing balls with numbers and they try to guess. Oh, three, three, three. No, four, eight. And, you know, they're trying to guess. One time they, they got two in a row, and I was about to say, hey, hey, we're about to drive down a BP right now. You, you, own, you own something. You own a link. <laughs> you own a link, and we're about to pay some bills. Come on, Kellen. Get in the car. <laughs> Get in the van, you know. <laughs> Bless us, all right? They want to play so bad. They don't, they don't understand the dark side of it. They just see it as bouncing balls, guessing numbers. You know, whenever we go into the gas station and get Gatorades or whatever, Daddy, can we play, can we play Cash 3? And I'm like, what? I want to play Cash 3? No, we, we can't play that. And finally, Kellen, at one point, Kellen's like just really, he was really hurt that he could not play Cash 3. And I said, but you have to be 18. Oh, it's going to be a long time. And then, and then he had a bright idea. He said, hey, Daddy. I said, yeah. He said, would you play it for me? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know what? You know, I was like, lower, lower your voice a little bit. Your mama, you know, mama's over there. Lower your voice a little bit. <laughs> and uh, I remember one time we made a deal because we, uh, this this wall back, I think I've told the story before, but we cut something for dinner they didn't like and, you know, try to make a deal. Okay, if you eat this, then you'll get this, this, this. And Kellen, he was, he was, on, a, he was on that wavelength. He said, hey, daddy, he lowered his voice. He was smart too. Lowered his voice. He said, daddy, if I eat this, 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 can you go play cash three for me? <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, you know what? I might do it, buddy. Go on, go and clean that plate. I got you. And uh, so he cleaned the plate, washed his hands, come out of the bathroom. Yay! Daddy's going to do it for me. And mommy's like, what? What's daddy going to do? Daddy's going to play catch three. And I was like, Kelly, shh. I pulled him back to the side, and, you know, Kel's like, no, he's not. And Kellen was all bummed. I said, hey, hey, listen, buddy. Listen, when, you know, you, you remember you asked Daddy for that deal, right? He said, yeah. I said, okay, so you don't have to include everybody else. <laughs> you know, don't worry about it. I said, because, see, if you, if you tell everybody, say you win. So if you tell Kenan and Cohen that, you know, you're going to do this and you win, then you got to share with them. You got to share all of it. He's like, Oh, I said, yeah. So, like, just keep it between you and Daddy next time, okay? He said, okay. So then I'll have to share with you. I said, yeah, and you wouldn't have to share much, buddy. I'll let you have. I'll let. I'll, we'll do a sixty forty. You know, like I'll let you get. I'll let you get forty. <laughs> I'll let you get forty, son. Okay. 
He's like, thanks, daddy. I was like, no problem, buddy. I love you. I love you, son. You, you a good one, you know. <laughs> now, when he, as he gets older, we'll probably have to work out a different arrangement, but, you know. <laughs> but, you know, they, you know, he, he takes, you know, he's, when it comes to considering everything, like, in him, he's thinking about the numbers. And even when Kellen's trying to guess the numbers, he's trying to think of the numbers that were uh, existed yesterday or that were picked the day before. Because he started to realize as a seven-year-old, okay, well, they're not going to pick the same number. So sometimes he'd be like, Daddy, do you remember what the numbers were? And me, I'm like, I don't remember. You know, a little bit later it hit me. I'm like, wait, like, he's, he's taking that in consideration before he makes a decision. And I'm like, oh, man. I was like, that, that kid is smart. And it's like what the captain does. The captain will look at previous, will look at previous things, previous seasons, in order to consider or and lump all that in order to in order to route us the right way so we're not going through the same season again so we're not going through the same mess again so we're not going through the same temptations so we're not going through the same hurdles amen, amen. a captain is responsible and so smart and smooth on how to route us the most the, the most efficient and successful way amen but in order for him to do that, in order for Jesus to route you the right way, he's going to have to say no on some things. And see, a lot of times if we get in our feelings, those no's that feel like, oh, God, come on. Lord, come on. I thought you, was, I thought you said it was going to be easy. I thought you said it was going to be like this. Or, you know, there's, you know, yeah, well, this person got to do it. How come I can't do it? You know, my kids say that all the time, but not only do my kids, but a lot of times we say that, or at least in our hearts, we feel like that. Well, Lord, this church, they, 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 they got a hundred people. How come, Lord, how come we don't have that, Lord? Or this church, you know, this church, they, they're still, they're still beehiving and skirt wearing and Lord, we're free. How can we can't, Lord? Lord, we're free. They're sweating and Lord, and we're in the AC. Jesus, where are you at? But a lot of times his no, or not even a lot of times, all the time, Captain Jesus, when he says no, it's not out of meanness, but it's out of love. Amen. Because guess what? There's some things in your life that could destroy you. So he may ask you to stay home instead of going out. Or he might ask you not to join in with that friend or coworker, or don't respond to that innocent flirt. Or my favorite, don't you handle the offense, let him handle it. That's my favorite because it hurts my flesh the most. When we get offended, we want to, oh, snap. We want to be our own lawyer. We want to be our own, what, what is it? We want to be our own Wyatt Earp. Can I, can I say that this morning? When somebody offends you, we want to be our own Wyatt Earp. We want to be our own shaft. Shaft, that's a bad, we want to be our own shaft. Or we, we go investigate, we take it out, we find them, we ring them up, and we let them know, hey, you ain't going to do this. I'm a, I'm, you ain't going to do this again. We want to do that. But if we're going to let Jesus be our captain, then guess what? We have to turn the keys of vengeance to him. Amen. The Bible says that vengeance is who? The Lord's, not yours. The scripture doesn't say vengeance belongs to Lindsay Melton. It's a good thing you didn't say that. The, ven the Bible doesn't say vengeance belongs to you. It says vengeance belongs to the Lord. Amen. And guess what? He can handle it. He can handle it in ways that we never thought we could. Amen. Amen. So don't you get vengeance. You let him handle it. We let him handle it. Amen. See, Jesus, seeing Jesus as the captain, it requires faith. It requires trust and it requires confidence in him. Even when you can't see him, hear him or feel him. Amen. 
That's why, that's one of the reasons we sang the song earlier. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. How do we fight our battles? By seeing with our spiritual eyes. Okay, well, how do I see with my spiritual eyes? Okay, I turn off the distractions. I turn off the temptations of my flesh. I turn, the tem- I turn off the, the things of, okay, me wanting to handle it by my own self. All the people that are speaking in my ear that are encouraging my flesh, I stop listening to them. Therefore, I, so I can see with my spiritual eye. In fact, you can even pray and say, Lord, right now, help me to see in the spiritual realm this, what's going on right now. Lord, and you get honest with them. Even that Thursday, I was honest with them. Like, Lord, I don't feel like I can do this. Lord, physically, I don't feel like I could do this. Lord, I feel like I made the wrong decision. I feel like I made a mistake, Lord. Lord, I, Lord, right. In, in fact, I'm, I'm talking to some of the old coworkers. They'll take me back. They said they want me. Lord, they want your boy. Gee, I'm, I'm getting honest with them. Like, Jesus, they, want, they say they want your boy. And Lord, it, the way is there. Lord, is it? Come on, Lord, just let me go back there. Well, I, I, Lord, I, 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 and he's like, Lindsay. What you're going through, it doesn't, it, it, it's not what you, it's not what it looks like. It may look like it's overwhelming. What you are going through may look like it's overwhelming. But guess what? Appearances ain't everything. Amen. Amen. Appearances ain't everything. One of, my, one of my boy's favorite toys, the Transformers. What's the tagline? We all know it. Transformers, there's more that meets the eye. Well, guess what? When you go through a season, you need to have that tagline. There's more that meets the eye. Following Jesus, there's more that meets the eye. Walking in the valley of the shadow of death, there's more that meets the eye. Yeah, you may see the dry bones. You may see all the different, all the different ups and downs. But guess what? It says that he walks with us. He walks with us. He doesn't forsake us. He doesn't leave us. So that means that when we are in, one thing that the, the disciples forgot, evidently, but they forgot that Jesus was still in the boat with them. Even in the winds and waves. I'm getting ahead of my notes, but he was still in the boat with them. But point number three, we always mistaken the Lord's silence as him not caring about us. We always mistaken the Lord's silence for him not caring about us. You know, I, I heard Pastor Michael Todd say this. He said, you know, one, of the, one of the things that made David so great, you know, David, David, David. Yes, that sermon. He said one of the things that made David so great was after he was anointed king, he went right back to tending to the sheep and it's not like he had a, a golden brick path back to the sheep where you know once he was anointed king then the path back to the field it was all golden and no weeds overgrown this it wasn't like the the smell died down no he was anointed king I mean can you imagine that the prophet Samuel prophet I mean Samuel Samuel had a outstanding reputation the prophet Samuel anoints you king I'm like wow I'm the, I'm the one that God's going to use to deliver Israel and then turn around and go right back to cleaning up sheep poop and protecting the sheep. But Pastor Michael Todd said one of the things that made David so great was the fact that he went back to doing that because that was the last thing he was instructed to do. Amen. See, when it comes to following Jesus, we have to be comfortable with, okay, I, Lord, I don't hear you. What, what am I supposed to be doing? Well, what was the last thing he told you to do? Be faithful in that. Oh, okay, but I'm so ready for the next season. Yeah, the next season's coming. But right now, what's the last thing he told you to do? That's your now until he tells you something else. Amen? Amen. 
And I love this because, you know, a lot of times we mistake in the Lord's silence when we're not hearing from him, when we're in between seasons or when we're in between things. We mistake in his silence as him not caring about us. Because see, in verse 24, literally the disciples, they woke Jesus up and said, Master, Master, we are sinking. We're sinking. Don't you care that we're, that we're going to drown? They said, don't you care we're going to drown? So therefore, they, they mistaken his, his silence for abandonment. They thought, the, how could this guy sleep? He don't care about us. He wants us to die. It was his. I, that's why I couldn't been on the boat. He's the reason we out here. He's the one told us to get on the boat. He, did he know it was going to storm? He, oh, da, 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 da. And we, we say that to God. We may not say it out loud, but in our hearts, because remember, God perceives the heart. So you may be, you, we may think we're being slipped by not speaking it, but guess what? We still, we screaming it in our hearts and he hears it and sees it. But they're like, ah, ah, Lord, don't you care about us? We're about to drown. We're about to die. And you're over here sleeping. They took, they took his sleep. I said, they but they took his, they, they took Jesus's asleep about that. They, they perceived that the fact that he was asleep, that he was going to abandon them and they were going to die. Amen. Amen. And a lot of times we're like that. A lot of times we mistaken his silence for abandonment. A lot of times we we mistaken his quietness that or we mistaken the fact that we haven't heard from him or the fact that things are still the same. We mistaken the storms that are brewing in our lives or or when the waves are flooding our boat, we mistaken those for abandonment or he's forsaken us. When when we get a fatal diagnosis from the doctor, we we interpret that as he's forsaken us or or especially when loved ones willingly refuse to listen to wisdom. God, where are you? at Lord where are you at when the job starts acting up Lord where are you at when 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 we're still single or Lord where are you at when the spouse doesn't want to do right Lord where are you at when we're behind on bills and there's no money in the bank Lord where are you at when the car goes down Jesus God where are you at when when friends turn their back on me Lord where are you at when church hurt happens Lord where are you at when friends are, or people are talking about you where are you at when the children have attitudes and start acting up? Lord where are you at we mistaken everything that we go through in our life as him abandoning us when he has made a faithful promise when he said I will never leave you nor what forsake you that was his last words before he went back to heaven guess what if those are the last words that he's saying as he's leaving those that means that that is what's on his mind not forsaking you and not abandoning you we said in our Holy Spirit series that that was the way he made good on his promise by giving you his spirit that lives in you, that helps you move, that helps you breathe, that helps you inhale, that helps you exhale, that helps you pick up a fork, that helps you open up a car door, that helps you turn a light switch on, that helps you put your shoes on. He's giving you his spirit that is with you 24-7, that is with you on the front and on the back and on the side and on the side and living in you. He is giving, he's fulfilling that promise he's 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 fulfilling it promise but the devil loves to make us feel like you are out here on your own we said it before the the ship that is out on out at sea all by his or herself the devil loves to make you feel like that because you're the only one going through what you're going through when the opposite is true amen when the opposite is true literally those disciples they were like god are do you not care that we're about to drown a lot of times we react to those things, but guess what, church? It may not feel like it, but he's in the boat with you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. 
He was still in the, they, they, it was a, it, you know, I, I can't even think of the type of uh, description, but literally they were contradicting themselves when they're like, do you not care? He cares because he's still in the boat. It may not, the devil loves to make you feel like he may not care about all the different things that you, that your heart cares about. But guess what he does? Because he's still in the boat. Jesus was still in the boat. He's still in the boat with you. Even when the storms of life come crashing and filling with water, filling with the drama and trauma and all the commas. At the end of the day, the difference is uh, the difference between the captain and the disciples in that story is the disciples were anxious. And the captains were at peace. The captain was at peace while the disciples were anxious. Literally, the cat, literally he was so at peace that he was asleep. I remember, as a, I remember as a youth pastor, we used to have this running joke where, you know, we would say, be like Jesus. Jesus took naps. So guess what? You need to take naps. I remember one time I did that on the boys. Oh, why do I got to take a nap? Jesus took naps. You take a nap. Let's go. Like, come on. Close your eyes. But literally, Jesus was so at peace that he was asleep. What would have happened if they never would have woken Jesus up? I'll close with this. What would have happened if they never would have woken Jesus up? You know, what would have happened if they would have gazed upon Jesus and mirrored him, a.k.a. saw that he was resting, and they would have went to sleep? I'll, spoiler alert, they would not have drowned. They wouldn't have drowned. Because Jesus, that's right, because the captain was in control. The captain was on the boat. On the boat. But, I, but I got to, and Lindsay, how, how do we know this? I'm going to tell you how I know this. Because Jesus was asleep. Now, how was he able to sleep? I, for, he, he wasn't like us. I'm, most time I'm able to sleep through, through storms. I'm a heavy sleeper. Like you can bang, battle, but for some reason when one of the boys start crying or they're about to fall out of the seat at the bus, I don't, some just jars me and I wake up and I'm able to get to them. But it wasn't like Jesus was a heavy sleeper and he just didn't hear it or feel it. I'm going to tell you how he was able to sleep through the storm. I'm getting ahead of my notes, but in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 and 4, are you ready? Watch this in Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 and 4. <clears throat> I couldn't remember if I put it up there to shade you. That's my bad. Okay. Watch this. Verse 3 and 4 says this. You will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. Trust in the Lord forever, because in the Lord, the Lord himself is an everlasting rock. See, if you grew up in this church, we know this song as, you know, uh, Donna McClurkin had it, you know. Uh, keep your mind on a perfect, I can't even think. How that song went? Do you remember? Mm, one thing that I understand, or you keep me perfect peace. You keep me in perfect peace. But I love this because this is how Jesus was able to sleep on the boat. Because go back to verse three, if you don't mind. You will keep the mind that is dependent on you in perfect peace, for it is trusting in you. See, Jesus knew that. Guess what? He, his perfect peace was found in the Father. The Father had already told him that he was the beloved Son. He was pleased with him. And because he had heard him say that he made that, he became dependent on his Father's opinion about him. And he knew that his Father would not forsake him. So therefore, that's what he trusted. He was trusting in his Father's love for him so much that guess what? He had peace in the midst of the storm. 
in the midst of the storm. How was Jesus able to sleep in the midst of the storm? He, Jesus, is, Jesus was in perfect peace because his trust was in his captain, Papa. His trust was in his captain. Therefore, he had perfect peace. When you put your trust in the captain, Jesus, you have perfect peace to the point that you're able to sleep. Metaphorically, you're able to sleep when people are talking about you. You are able to have your peace of mind when the doctor gives you a bad diagnosis. You are able to keep your right state of mind when people leave you or people clap you up or people shout you down. You are able to have perfect peace when you get that bad diagnosis. You are able to have perfect peace whether it's a payday or it's the bye week. You are able to have perfect peace when the car is working or when the car is not working. You have perfect peace whether you are getting married or whether you're single. You have perfect peace whether you got 10 friends or one friend. You have perfect peace when the waves are crashing against your boat and throwing the water in your boat and overflowing. You have perfect peace when your mind is stayed and dependent on Jesus, dependent on his word, dependent on his love to carry you, dependent on his spirit to help you move and help you breathe and help you function, dependent on what he has to say about you and not depending on anybody else's opinion. His son, not a cosign. His son, not a cosign. His son, not a cosign. Heavenly realities is what you see, not what I see in this natural realm. What you see in the spiritual realm, not what you see in the natural realm. Seeing that heaven is clapping you up, even when the earth is shouting you down. Seeing that everybody in heaven is standing on the rafters, saying, go, saying you can make it, saying you can hold your head up, saying guess what, Jesus has spent on the cross for you. He is empowering you. Everybody in heaven is clapping you up. It may not feel like a church. It may not sound like a church. It may not smell like a church. But guess what? What you're going through does not have the capacity to break you. I'm telling you, this is not Lindsay. This is the Spirit of God. What you are going through it does not have the capacity to break you you were built for this and more more church more it's not what it looks like it's not what it sounds like it's not about how you feel it's about the truth and the truth is he has built you for more built you for more built you for more Lindsay I'm by myself in seasons that's okay because guess what you're not it may look like you're by yourself, but you're not. It may look like you're the only one believing God, but guess what? God is, ooh, God is believing in you. God is believing in you. God is believing in you. Put, put your trust in the captain. Put your trust in the captain. Put your trust in the captain. That's how we fight our battles, by putting our trust in the one that can fight for us. Listen, my kids, they love the song Armies. And guess what? I about shouted in the van as we was driving up to Nashville and Armies is playing. I about shouted just hearing my kids sing that the God of angel armies is always by my side. Just watch. And I watched them in the rearview mirror. I'm supposed to keep my eyes on the road, but I just wanted to watch them say, God of angel armies is by my side. And I'm like, boys, do you understand what you're saying? And of course, they, they had to pause their little Nintendo switches. And I said, do you realize what you're saying? And they're like, what? I said, the God of angel armies is by my side. Of course, Keenan's like, yeah, God's with us. I said, that's right. He is with you, kid. I said, he's with you to the end. 
I said, he's with you through the end because when you get to the end, guess what? You are with him forever. Situations will come. Situations will come. Circumstances will come. You will have unideal days and unideal weeks. You will have days physically where you don't think you can make it. You will have days mentally you don't think you can make it. But I'm here to tell you, church, it's not what it looks like. It's not what it's looked like. The overcomer is living in you. The overcomer is living in you. The overcomer is living through you, enabling you. He's gassing you up like gas to a vehicle. He is empowering you to make it. Not just barely make it, not just get by, not just get that, you know, not that 99 and a half because, you know, no, he is empowering you to go the full 100 percent. And guess what? It's not it's not going to be a big flashing where you just feel this, this jolt of energy. Because I'll be honest, Thursday, after I'd had that moment with him, after I gazed upon him and pressed my face upon him, it's not like I just felt this, whoop, you know, throughout the day as I'm working. Whoop, yeah, that's I feel the spirit. It was a, as, I'm, as the hour, as the minutes are going by, my head is still up. As the hours are still going by, I'm a little tired, but I'm, I'm not giving into my, I'm not giving into my feelings. I'm not giving into my insecurities. Uh, you know, the, the thoughts I had the day before of maybe I should just go back to this or maybe I should just quit. Maybe I should just do this. That day, I, I, those, those thoughts were, those thoughts were a little bit quieter. And by the time I looked up and realized what was going on, the day was done. And I realized, oh, God, you carried me through this day. And it's like, Lindsay, I'll carry you through everything in your life if you put your trust in me. Church, he will carry you through everything in your life if you put your trust in him, if you put your confidence in him, if you put your faith in him. Faith, we said it before, but in the Greek, it's, it's like a firm persuasion. It's like when you go to shake somebody's hand. I, I met an old teacher yesterday, and, you know, he, age ain't messed with him because when he shook my hand, I, I was like, geez, good Lord, about broken. But he had that firm grip, and he looked me in the eye, and he began to talk to me. That faith is a firm grip, a firm grip on God, a firm persuasion on who God says he is, firm persuasion that you are the beloved of God, firm persuasion that you are believing that if he is for you, he really is for you, firm persuasion that if he has set you free, you really are free. Even if the devil tries to bring up your past, no, you are free because who the sun sets free is free. Firm persuasion is you believing with all you got. Firm persuasion is you believing, even if it doesn't look like, even, even if life doesn't benefit you for believing. Even if there's no physical monetary uh, 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 gift or prize for you believing in an unseen God and his love. Still firm persuasion, firm persuasion, faith. And unfortunately, church, some of us have signed up for a life of unnecessary hardships because we made our feelings or desires or sexual urges or flesh or the desire to try to keep up with peers or our insecurities or our fears. We've made those things the captains of our life. And when you make those things the captain of your life, you are signing up for a life of unnecessary hardships. Me and my friends used to call it hustling backwards. When the, you're the one, we said, it, we said it two weeks ago when we talked about uh, who, who's, who, who's really responsible. Is it, is it us that are really holding ourselves? Is it us that are really hindering ourselves from what God is trying to do in our life? Because we hold on to the things that we were never meant to hold on to. 
talking to myself, where we, we give in to the pressures that were never meant for us. Because see, when you are your own captain, you are responsible for every detail, seen and unseen. So I've never been on a cruise. My wife wants to go on a cruise. Maybe years from now, y'all pray for me. I, I just, I, I don't want to do it. I would love to go skydiving. I know that blows people's minds. But I'd rather do skydiving than a cruise. I just, because you're, eventually you're going to be on the ground. The cruise, you're going to be two weeks out on the water. And I, you, you, just, you just don't know. You just, you just don't know. I don't want to do it. You know, when I was a kid, I got mad because Granny went on the cruise. Evidently, and I wanted to go with her. Evidently, somewhere between being a little kid to now, that desire went. Because I don't, I don't have that. I, I don't have it. I told Kelsey, I'm like, I'm, you got to pray. Because I, I, I just don't have the desire to be on a boat. Like the little bumper boats, I can do that. But I just, I don't have the desire to be on the boat. <laughs> I just wanted to be, that's right. I just, you can preach off that. I just wanted to be with Granny. Nowadays, I'd rather be with Granny on land, okay? <laughs> granny, you're going to stay on land, all right. We go hang out, you know? Well, we'll play some dominoes as long as on land. But you want to get on that boat? You got to, you got to call, call Catherine or somebody. I don't know. Call Mama. She's your daughter. You know, like, all <laughs> she, she first. She, she first in rank, you know? So hit her up. And then Delano. Well, then you got other grandkids. You know, maybe, you know, maybe Cohen, but not, not, not me. But, you know, if you've ever seen a cruise ship, whether it's in person or online or whatever, you know, you see, you know, the advertisements, all the different things that they have. You know, they got the slides and they got the, you know, the comedy shows and all. That's that's just the tourist side. But if you've ever watched a documentary on just like how they build those ships, all the details within that. The captain, he's aware of how all those mechanisms work. Not only is he aware of, you know, what's, you know, what's the crowd control looking like, you know, up on deck and all that, but he's also aware, he or she is also aware of the gears and making sure everything's working below deck, making sure that there's enough, uh, there's enough oil, there's enough whatever it takes to run, say, I don't even know, the captain is very aware of what's above deck and what's below deck, what's seen and unseen. And see, if you put yourself in the captain's seat of your life, you are taking responsibility for what's seen and unseen, what happened last year, what's happening today, and what's coming down the pipeline. You are putting yourself in responsibility for that. And I'll be honest, I've been through too much that I'm like, Lord, I don't want that responsibility. But you know, he does. You know, he wants that responsibility. He doesn't see it as a burden. He sees it as love, like this is an opportunity for me to be in their life again. This is an opportunity for me to be their God, and they, they be my people. That's why we said that earlier. I'm yours, you are mine. Hey, that's his desire, to be with you forever. Not just on Sundays, not just when you're on the mountaintop, but even in the valley, his desire is to still be with you there, that he'll walk with you in the shadow of the valley of death. He'll walk with you along the cool springs. He'll walk with you as you're resting upon the tree, but also he'll walk with you even as you're, even as it feels like you're walking amongst the wolves. He's with you. He's with you through it all. He's with you through it all. And that's, that's, a, that's a real captain. Amen? That's a real captain. That's a real captain. One of my favorite worship groups, they wrote a song called Captain. And literally, it's literally when we make Jesus our captain, they, they, they describe it as this. And I'll close with this for real. They describe making Jesus your captain. This is what happens. 
They say, like the wind, he'll guide you. He will clear the skies so you can glide on open seas. Like stars in the sky, his word will align your voyage. I love that. And when that happens, he'll remind you where you've been and where you are going. That's what Captain Jesus does. That's what he does in your life. That's what he does. Like the wind, he guides you. Like the wind, he guides you. He clears the skies so you can glide on open seas. Like the stars in the sky, his word alone is going to align your navigational route. And he's going to remind you where you once was and where you're going. Because where you're going doesn't look like where you once was. And the captain, the captain has the beautiful power to do that. Church, I'm encouraging you this week, make him your captain. Declare when you get up in the mornings, oh, captain, my captain. Listen, I was driving to work after that moment. I was, oh, captain, my captain. Just weeping. Oh, captain, Jesus, you're my captain. At one point, I was like, Lord, I don't know. I don't know any other nautical terms except captain and true north. But, Lord, you are my true north. Lord, you are the one constant in my life. You don't change. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, I thank you. If you've, you've given me this opportunity, therefore, you have given me the strength to walk in this and do this. Start declaring him as your captain. Start seeing him as your captain. Start, start trusting and even like, well, Lindsay, I do trust him. Well, then, okay, then be like, okay, Lord, if there's any errors in me, David said it best, Lord, if there's any wickedness in me, search my heart, and if there's any wicked way within me, remove it. Give me the fear of the Lord is what David said. Make that your prayer. Lord, if, there, Lord, if there's any doubt in me, Lord, if there's any hesitation in me, remove it. Church, see him as your captain. Amen.